Well, there's not many ways to beat around the bush or sugarcoat this one. Obviously, I wish we could all be meeting in person this week, but it just does not seem smart with everything going on. Um, as I'm sure you guys have heard, my wife Priscilla tested positive for COVID-19, and thankfully she is on the upswing of it, but I know several families out there are still dealing with the effects of this, so we've decided not to have in-person services for the next short while, hopefully a short while. Uh, with that in mind, I know this is no substitute for the singing and for fellowship and for just all getting together and uh, the occasional breakfast, but I wanted to share some thoughts from scripture this week, and I figure for as long as y'all want to call me your preacher, and as long as the Lord wills, I'm going to keep preaching. So I know if nothing else, preparing for this has helped me while in quarantine, and I hope you guys find it beneficial as well. <clears throat> as you might imagine, uh, around this time of year with the holidays and everything, my my Bible reading and my focus is often on thankfulness, on being thankful, how we should be thankful, why, the blessings God gives us, that, I mean, et cetera, et cetera, all things like that. And while all that is still true, um, <laughs> this week with people battling sickness or caring for a loved one who is battling sickness, I figured we could all use something a bit more encouraging. So I just have a story and then a couple passages I'd like to share with you guys and uh, I'll let you get back to your Sunday. <laughs> I chose a Bible reading for this morning uh, from Hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 through 16 and I'll be reading from a uh, English Standard Version. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted, as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need." In reading this verse, and uh, some translations in that last verse, when the writer says, let us then with confidence draw near, uh, some say boldly draw near, or with boldness. And it reminds me of an old Hebrew story uh, about a well-known, uh, I guess you could call him a Bible scholar, or sort of a, a man of faith in his community, and his name was Honi. And he became known as Honi the Circle Maker for this one singular event in his life. Uh, this took place in the Middle East several hundred years ago. And as I said, Honey was revered as sort of the wise man of his town with a with a good connection to God and great understanding of Scripture and, and not necessarily revered in the sense of a saint or anything like that, but just as, as a man who had a special connection to God, uh, some, someone who understood God more than the average person. Uh, I mean, not, not that different than many of the more widely known preachers of our own brotherhood today. Uh... And where he lived, one harvest season, it was especially dry. And being a simple and an agricultural people, they were becoming very hungry and also also very poor. And so the townspeople began to turn to Honey, saying, what shall we do? Why is, why is God not giving us rain? So Honey goes outside, and he draws a circle around himself, sits down, and begins to pray. And he prays aloud, saying, Lord, Creator, Master of the Universe, I am not moving from this circle until you have compassion for your people and bring rain. 
And sure enough, a, a soft mist began to drizzle. And the people were amazed. And Honey said, no, that's, that's not what I asked for, cried Honey. I, I asked for rain, rain to fill the fields and the trenches and the reservoirs. And a torrential downpour becomes beating down with fierce and damaging winds. And again, Honey cries out, that's not what I asked for. I asked for rains of, of generosity and of blessing and growth. And again, the people were amazed as, a, as, a calm, as the wind calms and a proper rain began to fall. The townspeople were in fact so shocked by his prayer, they went to the next town over and asked uh, someone they believed to be a man of God there. And they said, how? How can you let him dishonor God like this with his, with his language and with his prayer? And the man kind of sat back and he said, no, this man is not honoring, dishonoring God. This is a man who has a special connection with God. And this, this is a child who knows his father. My message today is don't be afraid to pray boldly. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 32. And in Genesis chapter 32 is a, is a passage some of us might be familiar with. It's Jacob wrestling with God. It's the eve of his reunion with his brother Esau, who he believes will kill him, and he's very distraught, and he's, he walks away from the camp that's been set up in the middle of the night to gather his thoughts, and, and he's confronted by the presence of God. And uh, the, the text is not quite clear. It's either a presence of God or a messenger of God, but either way, from the perspective of Jacob, he, he seems to be confronted with the presence of God. And at the end of their confrontation, in verse 26... The figure says, let me go, for it is almost daybreak. And Jacob replies, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob, being in the presence of God, said, no, I will not let go. My challenge for y'all today is to not let go of God. When you pray boldly, do not give up on God. I just want to share one more story from, uh, from the Old Testament. <clears throat> in Exodus 32, the Israelites are going through what is probably one of their darkest moments under Moses. Uh, M- Moses went up to Mount Sinai and to receive the law, and in his absence, the people created an idol for themselves, a, a golden calf, and they began to worship this. They melted down all their valuables to, to create this idol for themselves. Why? We're not really sure. Perhaps out of boredom, perhaps just out of wanting something to do, but either way, upon his return, Moses is furious. Moses is, is very angry. The Lord is very angry. And in fact, the text tells us the Lord is so angry that he says his presence will no longer be with them. He says in chapter 32, verse 3, you will go to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you. And if you've been with us in our, our, our Sunday morning class, and we've been studying Joshua. And in Joshua, who takes up this mantle of leadership after Moses, uh, we are aware that the, the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud that once led the people when they were throughout e- uh, leaving Egypt and going throughout the wilderness is no longer with them. They, they're led differently uh, with the Ark of the Covenant, and that's <clears throat> a, a, a different thing altogether to itself. But... Uh, the point is, later on in the story, we, we are aware when studying Joshua that the presence of God does not lead the people in the way that he, he did under Moses. And we are, the, the text points at this, this exchange here is why. 
So the Lord is irate. He's very upset with what the people have done. And, and Moses goes up to Sinai before the Lord alone. And he pleads. He pleads before the Lord. He pleads his case. He, he tries to defend the people. He proclaims why they want the Lord to be their Lord. And, and in verse 15, he even says, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. And I just, I read that and I am profoundly impacted. Moses is just saying, I, I know you're mad and I know we have sinned, but I will not go anywhere that your presence will not go with me. It seems to echo the words of Jacob from Genesis where he says, no, I will not let go of you. Later on in, in Moses' pleading with God, and if you look down at verse 18, Moses pleads, please, Show me your glory. The Hebrew word there is, is translated wealth or honor or glory. Or in other cases, all thy splendor. Moses tells God, please show me your glory. Moses is telling God, we're, we're too close. I'm not going anywhere that you will not also go with me. I think sometimes in our own lives, it's, it's easy when we are praying to pray that God lets us go where we want to go and that God lets us do what we want to do. Earlier, I challenged you to pray boldly, and I want to I add more thing, one more thing to that. I want to challenge you with another thing, and that is to pray godly prayers. In times like this where we're feeling troubled, if you're feeling distant, even so far as to say you're feeling lost, I challenge you to pray boldly as Jacob and as Moses did. God, show me your glory and be prepared for him to answer with equal boldness. The Bible tells us God only brings us to trials and tribulations in our life that he may be glorified. Peter says in, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13 that we should rejoice as we share Christ's sufferings that we may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Yes, we are going to suffer. And in fact, elsewhere in the same chapter, Peter says, don't be surprised when you suffer, but rejoice when you suffer as Christ suffered or when you share in Christ's sufferings and also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Those are the only real thoughts I have for us today is those two scriptures in uh, the story of Honey the Circle Maker and the challenge to, to pray boldly. As you are praying boldly, I want, I want you all to know that I am praying for you, that I'm, I'm praying for our churches, for our communities, that, that we can figure out what the future is, what this is going to look like for us, that we can figure out how to continue to do the work of the church, to do what we know we're called to do as Christians, and that we can continue to be a, a positive impact to those around us. It is the custom of our, our brotherhood after a, as part of our Sunday worship to offer a, an invitation of sorts. And, and obviously our, our current medium uh, limits that a little bit. But this is an invitation to Christians and non-Christians alike. And if you, if you want to understand what it means to be a child of God, to be in the presence of God, to know God, to have, to have access and communication to him through prayer and uh, to just know what it means to be a child of God. I, 
just know our, our building is closed right now, but I, my heart, my arms are not. I want you to know that even though even though I've been deemed unclean by the CDC, I, I, I care about you, I love you, and I would love to talk to you if you have any questions about what we've talked about today, if you have any concerns, if you, if you have things that you want answered. If, really, if you have any sort of feedback, I mean positive or negative, and I, and I mean that, I mean that truthfully, if you're out there and you just, you just want someone to talk to, we're here. That's, that's what we're here for. We also believe that the Bible teaches us that we are, as Christians, one of our biggest callings is to love one another. So I strongly encourage you, if you are in, in need of anything, to reach out. Um, I'm, I'm going to put this in a description with this link too, but it was brought to my attention that not everyone in the congregation has my phone number if you wanted to contact me. So uh, uh, my phone number is 214-504-5185. And like I said, I'll put uh, that along with my email in the description and uh, reach out if you need anything at all. Um, just want you guys to know we'll, we'll be praying for y'all out there, and I hope to see everyone in person again soon. Take care.